Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and today we are breaking down Manchester United's 2-1 shock defeat to last-placed Sheffield United. Keen Bryan opened the scoring in the 23rd minute. Harry Maguire leveled with a 64th-minute header, but Ollie Burke scored in the 74th minute to give the Blades their second win of the season. Carl, Sheffield United have scored more than a goal in two matches this season. Both have come against Manchester United. This was a complete shock. How are you feeling? I was surprised. I'm not going to lie with the result. Uh, I think probably like the players was a little complacent thinking that we had the three points in the bag. Definitely got brought back down to reality. And it was a rude awakening. Uh, when you're in a title race, you got to be up for every single game. It doesn't matter if the team you're playing is in second place or in last place and only has five points in the league after 19 games. You got to get up for it. And you could clearly see in the first 10, 15 minutes that it was extremely lethargic and it almost looked like the players were looking forward to that Arsenal game as opposed to taking care of business. And rightfully so, uh, they paid for it. I don't feel any sympathy. This is something that Alec Ferguson was really good at in terms of motivating his players. And I think these players will, will learn. I really liked what Harry Maguire had to say after the game, saying that the lads are pretty devastated and they have to get the three points against Arsenal. I think we know what the mentality is going to be. You need to get the three points. Don't sit back and uh, play the game not to lose it. You got to win it now. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game? I'm really frustrated and I am most frustrated with the fresh faces coming into the team. You think about Bruno getting a break against Liverpool playing just some of that second half. You look at David De Gea coming in after a break. Alex Tellez playing after a long layoff. Anthony Marshall coming into the side after Edinson Cavani puts in 90 minutes against Fulham and Liverpool. These are the guys I was expecting to see just chomping at the bit, coming out like caged animals. And obviously, <laughs> De Gea can't do that. He's a, he's a net. But I just thought they would be raring to go right from the first whistle. And that wasn't the case. Bruno, I'll give him a pass. He's been too good all season. De Gea, I don't understand the mistakes he made. But he's also been very good this season. Axel Tuanzebe, very disappointing. He hasn't had a good performance, if I'm being honest, since that PSG game. Alex Tellez doesn't have a clue defensively. He has zero defensive awareness. But Anthony Marshall, what is it going to take for you to realize that you actually need to put in some damn effort when you're wearing the Manchester United badge. I can forget if you're not scoring goals, if you can actually try and do other things for the team. But you don't do any of that. You don't give anything to this club outside of just trying not to break a sweat and making a depressed face when you don't get the ball exactly where you want it. So I've reached my limit with this guy. He doesn't get the value of wearing the United badge. He doesn't get the value of wearing a United shirt. 
And it's so frustrating because Edinson Cavani can only play so many games. The fact that he's had to come into this side and immediately becomes the best striker, he sh- Marshall should be taking that as such a big insult. Like, you're supposed to be approaching the prime of your life. And you've completely thrown away an opportunity that, frankly, you earned by performing so well last season. What do you think he could have done differently? Move! (laughs) Just move! The number of times Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba pick up the ball and they look up and they're about to play a ball, but they realize they can't because their striker is not moving. And then when Edinson Cavani comes on, they're hitting it without a thought in their mind because they know already that Cavani is moving. That shows exactly what Martial is lacking. And so with Anthony Martial, there were so many plays where if he's actually anticipating the ball to be in certain areas, and frankly, he should know exactly where the ball is going to come. And he should know exactly what Bruno and Pogba's habits are because he has had an excellent view from the bench the last two matches. There's no excuse for him not to move. I completely agree with you, Vivek. I I really, really enjoyed that rant. I am sure a lot of our listeners will because uh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, I think overall in that game, there was a complete lack of movement. Now... I have my crosses on a couple of other people. I will say that Martial and Rashford were equally poor. I didn't think either of them moved. The difference is Rashford has games where he performs and he takes the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, Case in point was that Liverpool game against the FA Cup. So it's easier to give some of these players a pass because they are performing. But when it comes to Martial, we haven't seen him put together any sort of consistency. So I'm with you on that. Now, two people that you mentioned that came into the starting lineup, and by the way, we did really well. We only got one one of our predictions wrong in that we thought Eric Bailly would start, and instead of Bailly, it was Axel Twanzebe. So, so well done there. But speaking of Twanzebe, I was very disappointed on that second goal. A lot of people will point fingers at De Gea for his poor clearance. They'll point fingers at Tellez. But when you look at the last line of defense, that was Axel Twanzebe. And we have a a, pre, a couple of games ago, Eric Bai was defending against Aston Villa in the very dying seconds of the game. And he came out full-blooded and blocked a shot. What did Axel Twanzebe do in this situation? We saw this play develop where there was a dress rehearsal right before the goal came where there was a player that was on the edge of the box, had acres of space, and nobody closed them down. And the same thing happened five seconds later. Instead of Axel running like a madman to close down the space, he stood there assuming that another player, whether it was Matic or Tellez, would do it. And as a result, Axel then just had to react. And if he doesn't get himself in the way, De Gea is saving that ball. Let's, let's be honest here. The fact that Axel just stood there and assumed that he's going to be able to block a shot, that's unacceptable. Especially, like you said, for somebody who's sitting on the bench and they want to take their opportunity when they get it. This was his chance. If Bai was injured, and we know that Lindelof has issues with his back, this was his chance and he didn't take it. 
I'm very disappointed in the way he defended that goal. Overall, I thought he was okay with the ball in the air, but on the ground and closing down space, he's got a lot of work to do. The second person was Alex Tellez, and I'll tell you why. One of the reasons we lost that game was because of tempo. One thing that Bruno has added to our team is tempo. When he gets the ball, he's so quick, he's finding people in their runs, and we're able to break down teams that sit and wait for us to break them down. That's the difference a year has made with Bruno. What happened today? The amount of times that Alex Tellers got the ball, and instead of hitting a ball down the wing, or doing what Luke Shaw does, which is carry the ball forward and have that confidence, he took the safe option and he kept passing it back to Harry Maguire, or Matic, or Pogba. And as a result, our speed, our tempo was slowed down. Sheffield United had a chance to switch players, get players back in position, and it was much harder to break down. As a result, we did not test Ramsdale at all. And so, quite frankly, we did not deserve to win that game. Yeah, we definitely didn't deserve to win that game. And yeah, it was, it was a soft performance for the most part. De Gea exemplified that with the way he went up for that first goal uh, on the corner. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I can call it going up because you, you barely got off the ground. Your thoughts on whether or not that was a foul? I think in the context of the game and in the context of how goalkeepers are protected these days, I think it was a foul because Sharp had no attempt on playing the ball. Yes, he tripped over his own player and then pushed De Gea. Uh, and as a result, I think that's why De Gea couldn't jump properly and missed his punch. So if you're, if you're protecting the goalies, like we saw later on in that game, how Ramsdale was protected, you got to be consistent with the call. And I don't think the referee was consistent because if you have to call one, you have to call the other. If he's letting that one go, he should be letting the next one go because he's refereeing the game consistently. And that's my only issue. If you take this in isolation, I'm honestly okay with not th- that not being called a foul. I just think that because of the way he refereed the game, he should be consistent. And so that's my only gripe with that. Uh, did you think that was a foul? No, I'm 100% with you. Either you have to call both or you call neither. And I disagreed with Ole coming out and saying, yes, the De Gea situation was a foul, but no, the Marshall goal and the Harry Maguire knock on Ramsdale was not a foul. I think in terms of consistency, that's an important point you make. Either you call both as fouls or you don't call anything on either one. So that's a frustrating moment. But again, by far not the reason United lost. If that if that one play is big enough for you to lose to the worst team in the league, a team that has one win on the had one win on the entire season, then you've got to look in the mirror. Going to the second half, we saw how listless United looked to end that first half. And they were looking devoid of ideas. And this is something Solskjaer talked about after the match as well. Lacking the magic, not being able to find the right solutions. Were you surprised with how long it took him to make the changes? I'm trying to see this from Ole's perspective. He probably doesn't want to overreact. His team is very upbeat at the moment. Good chemistry. Everybody's high on confidence because of the way their their results are coming. And also, quite frankly, because of the belief in the team that they will come back. 
So I think Ole, because of that belief that has been gained over the previous games, he decided to give the people out there a bit of an extra chance to see if they can change things around. If I was Ole in that moment, and I would probably give the guys a chance to rectify their mistakes before making any subs. And I think that's the perspective he took. But looking at it in hindsight, I would have made that change after 45 minutes, given what we saw where the effort level from a couple of people in Rashford and Martial didn't really change for the whole 90 minutes. (laughs) Now, Rashford struggled. It was definitely a steep drop from his performance against Liverpool. Martial struggled. But I thought Greenwood built on the momentum he found against Liverpool. I thought this was a really positive performance from him. He wasted the one chance where Bruno put him through with the one-two. And I expected a better finish in that situation, considering how good he is with both feet. But overall, I thought this was a very good performance. And I thought defensively, too, uh, he definitely got back on several occasions and contributed there. I think it actually allowed uh, Juan Bissaka to get into space a bit more, uh, at least mentally knowing that there was cover from time to time. I just want to go back to this article by Carl Anka for The Athletic, and he was looking at United defending from the front. And this is looking at Marshall, Rashford, and Greenwood, comparing last season and this season. And last season... Greenwood was the best in terms of true tackle win rate at 46%. Marcus Rashford and Anthony Marshall were at 33%. Now that is separate from being dribbled past, okay? So in terms of being dribbled past, Greenwood, Marshall, and Rashford, all three actually did a pretty good job last season because they were all right around 50%. Greenwood, 47%. Rashford, 52%. Marshall 50%. This season, Greenwood is once again at 53%. Rashford is dribbled past on 65% of occasions. And Anthony Marshall is dribbled past 86% of the time. Wow. So it shows you when United are pressing, there's clearly one release valve always available. It'll be interesting to see what Cavani's numbers are on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting statistic, Vivek. I think, you know, another thing that I've noticed and uh, once again, referencing the athletic with Luke Shaw and his penetrating runs, a lot of our attacks begin on the wings. And when I say the wings, I mean the left back or the right back. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for those players to play a little higher up the pitch. I found that Alex Telles' positioning today was a little too deep. As a result, he wasn't able to penetrate and start the attacks soon enough. It allowed Sheffield United to get into their two banks of four and make it very hard to break down. Now, compound that with players not making runs, you're setting yourself up for disaster, and that's exactly what happened today. I really hope that they understand this. I I, I have to hand it to Luke Shaw. I did not realize how pivotal he is to our attacking intentions until I saw what I saw today. I have to give credit to the way in which he's developed his game. He is an essential part of how we go forward. And let's not forget, his defensive concentration has improved leaps and bounds. Defensively, I think there's no comparison. 
The one thing I will say in defense of Alex Tellez's attacking side, attacking performance today, because there's no excuse for the way he defended, is Luke Shaw had the advantage of Cavani and his movement. But Tellez did not. Yeah, and, and I guess to 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 be fair, Tellez did have the assist on Harry Maguire's goal. So Yeah, uh, and so I feel like if you're playing to Tellez's strengths, you almost need to start Cavani when Tellez is starting because of his ability to cross the ball. That's his biggest strength. And we've complimented him before on his ability to cross from pretty much near the halfway line if he sees it, right? I think that is something that was lacking where maybe if that option was available for Tellez, now Sheffield United's defenders are saying, oh, wow, we actually have to push up on him more. And that is what is now opening up the space for him to get forward. I would say this was almost like an aberration from what we usually see from him on an attacking front compared to his previous performances. So then I guess that assumes, uh, can I make the assumption then that Alex Tellez is not going to be the Beckham boot for today? You, you have that uh, award reserved for someone else? I mean, for me, you know, there were two bad mistakes from De Gea. I am tempted to give it to him, especially based on, you know, the level he has shown this season for the most part. But I still go, I can't, I can't get past Marshall. I'm just so frustrated with him. I can't get past it. I don't, maybe, you know, I'm being overly critical. You Please tell me if I am. But I can't get past that guy. I don't know. But we, I mean, we've given out Cole Canton a callers before. Maybe this is time for a Cole Can- um, go Beckham boot. Yeah, so what I'll say is I do think you're being a little harsh on Martial. And the reason I'll say that is because... The the type of performances he's put in, I don't expect much from him. And hence, him showing what he showed today hasn't been out of character. And I thought he was as poor as Rashford on the other side. And so I thought that the Beckham boot should go to David De Gea because, let's be honest, he didn't have to do much in this game. And whatever he had to do, he didn't do well. So for me, I think David De Gea should should get the boot because th- there were a couple of things that were preventable and I just expect him to be a little stronger that's all yeah I mean that's that's fair enough we can go with De Gea the the last thing I'll say in terms of this sort of cutting Marshall slack because the expectations are so low for me against the other teams I'll I can kind of do that but against Sheffield United against the worst team in the league I think I, I can have some expectation of you <laughs> just a little bit and if I can't expect anything of you against Sheffield United, then I really have no idea what you're doing at this club anymore. Absolutely. I, I can agree with that. I think if we had a little bit more depth and we didn't have a a 33-year-old striker, I think Martial would not be seeing any game time, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> anyway, uh, on a positive side, who, who would you say the Cantona caller should go to? For me, there was only one player who was uh, grabbing this game by the scruff of the neck, and that was Harry Maguire. I thought he did an excellent job defensively, and on the corner kicks, he was attacking every single ball. He got his head to a couple, and then his header was fantastic. We've been calling for him to get his headers on target. Fantastic header. No chance for the keeper. Harry Maguire is my Cantona caller, and also for what he said after the game, 
very well done from the captain. Yeah, I'm with you. He arguably should have had a goal and an assist. I have no disagreements there. There was a low bar set in terms of earning the Cantona collar, but he he certainly did his part. And the other thing you have to credit him for is the fact that he has got about as little rest as anyone. And he's played match after match after match. The one time he was supposed to get a break, he had to come on for Eric Bailly as a substitute. And so, uh, yeah, definitely happy to give it to Harry Maguire. On the Sheffield United front, I mean, that entire back line might get <laughs> the noisy neighbor, but who, who would be your pick? Lots of standout performances from Sheffield United. But I think for a player who really had to run box to box, who's running the whole 90 minutes, I'd give it to John Fleck. I thought he did a fantastic job holding the ball, uh, leading attacks, and also defending at the same time. He got fouled quite a bit. In fact, he was on the end of a very, very uh, rough tackle from Axel Twanzebe that earned him a yellow card. So for me, John Fleck would be my uh, noisy neighbor. I think that's a fair shout. Don't really have... Uh, much of a complaint about that I think that covers pretty much everything we need to talk about in this match unless you have something on your mind Carl the only thing I want to say actually Vivek is just thinking about it you know this team has come a long way and I know you know Vivek and myself might have gone on rants but we need to put everything into perspective here it's one loss yes it was to the bottom place team but at the same time expectations leading into the season was for the top four finish. It wasn't to win a title. If you asked anybody who were the favorites, you probably wouldn't have had United in that classification. If anything, mm-hmm. you'd have probably had Chelsea because of all the money they spent, right? So yep. with, with, with us having these expectations right now, it's just a testament to how far this team has come. As a United fan base, we shouldn't overreact. We shouldn't be too harsh on the players because this was just one defeat. And we know what they've been providing all season. So I just want everybody to keep that in mind when looking at the games ahead. We knew that this run was going to come to an end. Unfortunately, it came to a Sheffield United side who we weren't expecting that. Yeah, that's a really good point you make, Carl. And I should say, in a positive way, the frustration I'm feeling over this loss is because United have put themselves in a situation where there's so much at stake now. A loss like this didn't hurt me last season (laughs) I didn't feel much about losing in the league last season because the expectations were so much lower and it's so fun to be right now in the title race and be having those conversations and that's where it's like you just want that feeling to last for as long as possible and you know with the way Manchester City are playing this is the type of loss that can derail those hopes so as you said keeping uh, context uh, is really important and you mentioned Chelsea I think back to when United had that 0-0 draw with them early in the season and at that point both Chelsea and United had defensive concerns and they were like let's play it safe and United were just trying to get back on track and you think about where Frank Lampard has gone since that point and you think about where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has gone since that point there's a lot to be optimistic about so big picture you know in terms of what the goals were at the beginning of the season this is something you just hope they bounce back 
from uh, in the next match against Arsenal, which maybe we can move on to now. Arsenal playing much better football of late. They obviously had that big slump, but it seems like ever since that 3-1 win over Chelsea, they have been able to right the ship. They're back in the top half of the table. And I'm expecting another competitive fixture. Hopefully, uh, we see some retaliation for this result from a United perspective. But what are your expectations going into that match? This is definitely a, an Arsenal team that's flying high at the moment. They've had some fantastic results in the league. And it's all because of some very young players punching way above their weight class. You've got uh, Saka, who's, who's really coming into his own. He showed mm-hmm. us this last season and he, he's doing it again. And another player that's been actually very key to their resurgence is uh, Smith Rowe. He has the Jack Grealish type socks, those low cut socks that you love, Vivek. <laughs> and um, he does all the basics really well. He keeps the game moving. And you know what? I think they, they're going to be a dangerous proposition. We definitely need to handle them. Now, if Saka's playing on, on the Arsenal left, our right, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I feel, has got him covered. So he's definitely going to come up against somebody he hasn't come up bef- like that before. I'm assuming that Aubameyang is going to be back for this game because uh, he didn't play the game against Southampton. We know that Arsenal's backline is their weak spot. And uh, with Kieran Tierney not in the team, it does give us an opportunity to attack them, especially from set pieces. So I'm expecting United to show their size in this game. Arsenal is not the biggest team. We are by far bigger. I think Fred is our smallest player. So let's go stamp our authority on this game. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting the team to come out full force in the first 10 minutes. I would love to see that. Just for some perspective on Arsenal, the last six matches, beginning with that Chelsea victory, they've got five wins and one draw in the league. Obviously, they got knocked out of the FA Cup against Southampton. But other than that, they've been really, really good. And most recently beat Southampton as well, 3-1. It should be a fun match. Looking at the starting 11s, I think you have to give De Gea the opportunity to bounce back and put in a performance. Hopefully, he shook off whatever cobwebs he had against Sheffield United and is ready to go. The back line, the only two changes I would expect are Luke Shaw back on the left side for Alex Tellez and one of Eric Bailly or Victor Lindelof uh, in alongside Harry Maguire. I don't know why Bailly missed out on the Sheffield United fixture, but if he's fit, I would like him to be the choice. I agree with those. No no, uh, disagreements there. I think the other changes that I would have... Cavani coming in up top. He has to be the number nine. I don't think you're going to fight me on that one, Vivek. Um, (laughs) We'll give you that idea. (laughs) And then in midfield, I think you're going to have Fred and Pogba as the two defensive midfielders. And the three attacking midfielders are going to be Greenwood, Bruno and Rashford. Yeah, I'm with you on those choices, Carl. I think if United had picked up the three points... I would have said, okay, maybe you know you try to get Pogba a little bit of a rest and bring him off Bon as a second half substitute and have Fred and Scott manage the game in the first half. But needing to set the tone early, 
I think it's imp- important to have both Bruna and Pogba on the pitch. So, yeah, no disagreements there. Greenwood seems to have found some form, so you ride that. Rashford, you look at the Sheffield United performance as a one-off, and then Cavani, for me, no-brainer up top. That's another positive, right? Like, every time we need to find United's best 11, it's become a lot easier to do that than it was at the beginning of the season, which shows that there is progress with the squad, that identifying exactly what your best 11 is, identifying what the best formation is. I think all that has come along in terms of the big picture. This competition long may continue. I don't think uh, any players are going to be coming in during this January transfer window. If anything, you might have a couple of players exiting, which just goes to show the strength in depth that we now have compared to just one season ago. I might add also that the uh, table is extremely congested now. You've got a lot of teams in very close proximity to each other. Not to mention that uh, a big game coming up with Liverpool playing Tottenham. So that result is also going to have a bearing on on how things look for United. So all in all, very exciting times ahead. Indeed. And you can look back on every match with us. We'd love to have you. A reminder, we are on Twitter and Instagram at RedCouchManx. If you enjoy the show, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Join us after every match reviews, ratings, interacting with us on social media. We love it all. On behalf of Carl and myself, thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx.